We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Hello, I'm Brandon Perna, host of That's Good Sports, a 10-minute-ish daily NFL comedy podcast. Have you ever wished for a crappy version of The Daily Show, but only about the NFL? Then, first and foremost, I implore you to dream much bigger. Secondly, I would recommend subscribing to That's Good Sports. Every weekday, I will be giving you NFL news, telling questionable jokes, and swearing just enough so you won't ever be able to listen with your kids in the room or car. I don't ask for a lot, but if you don't subscribe on iTunes, my wife said she will leave me. Thanks, and I look forward to putting my voice in your ear holes. You are listening to The Uncontested, an Oklahoma City Thunder and NBA podcast featuring Jacob. All you haters come at me. Taylor. You're a step past a hater like I'm Rondo. Upgrade your baby mama to a condo. Nick. I really wouldn't mind taking a flyer on Swaggy Pete. Kamiar. I just got done taking a nap. And Justin. I'm too fast. What is up and welcome to the Uncontested Podcast. We are a part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network. You can find us anywhere you listen to podcasts and at bluewirepods.com. That's the trio, the summertime trio, I guess you could call us. I'm Jacob. I got Justin with me. Hey, guys. I also have Taylor with me. Just wishing I could grow a beard like Sam Presti. Hey, we all all wish we could hit puberty, Taylor. It's all right. I'll get you know, there eventually. You'll get there eventually. Well, okay, maybe. Best to be seen. <laughs> yeah, Aww. I don't know. Uh, Taylor will probably hit puberty when he stops fantasizing about Hamadou Diallo. So, in other I words, heard that can accelerate Hami. the process. Actually, yeah. In other words, never. <laughs> well, welcome to the show. Uh, we have like kind of real basketball stuff to talk about. Like it it's counts. not like a ball that bounced and went into a hoop. Stuff to talk about. But it's the guy that hires the people to bounce the ball and put it in the hoop. Talked about the guys bouncing the ball and putting it in the hoop. Um, 
It means we can stop making up rankings. <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> Man. I mean, between Man, Bleacher Reports, I feel personally Sports attacked right and now. ESPNs, ugh. Yeah, I feel personally attacked for requesting that we do a Ring the Thunder <laughs> podcast. Thanks, Justin. I appreciate that. I'm just going to go screw off it now. It was great summertime podcasting. And yeah, now I mean, we're going to dissect uh, a press conference of a man with an incredible vocabulary who just talked in circles for about 45 minutes. So uh, way. He did. Exactly. He did. So. Sam Presti had his annual preseason press conference today, uh, a few days before the Thunder have their media day, which will come on Monday, and then training camp begins on Tuesday. That's so exciting. And then, uh, so a little piece of information that I don't know if you guys know. Um, I don't even know if I've told you guys. I don't know if the general public knows, but I have been told that the blue and white scrimmage this year was actually going to be closed. Um, so hopefully media members will be in there, be able to make some video or something, uh, but it will not be open to the public like it has been in the past at like a high school or something. Uh, so we might get some footage from that, but besides that, the Thunder's first preseason game comes on Tuesday, October 8th. So we are what about 10, 11 days away from that. Yep. So it's coming. We're, we're sooner rather than later. We will have actual basketball to talk about. But for today, we will talk about Sam Presti's press conference with the local media. I don't think there was any national media there, unlike years past whenever Paul George and Carmelo Anthony were here. So let's get just down into the nitty-grittiness of what Sam Presti had to say. And Taylor, you have a few notes on this. I do, yeah. So I... uh kind of did that you know just in the same way that we listen to our podcast and stuff well, well i guess you don't get to jacob because you're teaching but uh us who have like desk jobs it's one of my favorite things to do it's like to be productive <laughs> and stuff i got a spreadsheet open you know and i like i put in my headphones and i start listening to the podcast typically blue wire or uncontested po- or, or uncontested podcast but um so for today i had a youtube link courteous or courtesy of the oklahoman and i pulled up sam Presley's presser i didn't really get to watch it very much but i at least listened and so uh, not only that, but then thankfully uh, Brady Trantham and the franchise actually put, put like the – they recorded it and put it at the end of their podcast. So I've actually gotten to listen to it about twice now. And Wait, as wait, I, wait. You've listened to Sam Presti's press conference twice? Yeah. I got to do some, some homework, some research, some Holy in-depth analysis crap. for our listeners. This is why Taylor's the best. That's right. Yeah. That's why I'm making the big bucks here. That's why he's leading this section. So That's quick right. question, though. How, how does – how does Taylor listen to the the incredibly well spoken vocabulary extraordinaire Sam Presti, but then come on our podcast and call an Achilles and a Chili's? <laughs> I was nervous. Okay, it was a high quality <laughs> guest. I got a little angsty. I'm I was just talking fast, you. <laughs> and I got it right the next week. So that's what matters. <laughs> I could go for some Chili's right now. Yeah, I, that's exactly what I thought of as soon as. Are I you came referring to Chili's like, like the restaurant? Chili's Bar and Grill, duh. Oh, Shut dude, do you know how long it's been since I've been to a Chili's? <laughs> yeah. Hey, all I know is uh, I could go for a chocolate lava cake pretty much any time of day. Always, always, and the blooming onions. Anyways, okay, sorry, I'm getting this is, way off is track. Is Applebee's like a, a poor man's version of Chili's? Would you guys call it that? Yeah, but Applebee's is weird. I don't know if you guys know this, but it like turns into a club at night. A club? That's Bro, interesting. What? Applebee's gets wild <laughs> after like nine o'clock. People getting turns, crunk yeah, off it, those two dollar margaritas. It's, Jesus, it's, it's wild. <laughs> well, that's uh, interesting. Um, are you sure this isn't just your Applebee's? No, I'm very sure. <laughs> How many Applebee's have you visited, Justin? <laughs> 
<laughs> Justin goes um, on a business trip, instantly hits up an Applebee's. It's like, man, I read this story one time of this couple. Uh, the the husband was a trucker, and their goal was to visit every Cracker Barrel in America. I saw this. Which saw is this the story. widest shit you could ever do. Uh, and they were like four Cracker Barrels away. I think from like yeah. visiting all of them. And so close. I, I think uh, so. I'm from Owasso, and we obviously have a Cracker Barrel there, there because hashtag Owasso. And anyways, I'm pretty sure they went and visited that one, and in like the, the one of the local Owasso papers like did a story over it. So I remember the story. That no paper doesn't have much to write about. No, one time, it's the only time I visited a Cracker Barrel in the past 15 years was on. I don't know how we've gotten off track this bad already, <laughs> but it's okay. We might have to restart the pod. It's fine. Um, <laughs> I was driving home from Orlando to Oklahoma City. Don't suggest ever making that drive. 23 yep. hours. Good. Uh, and we wanted to stop and eat. And so my mom suggested that we pull over um, in Mississippi at the Mississippi-Alabama border and eat at a Cracker Barrel. And uh, that was, let's just call it an experience. Dude, <laughs> Cracker Barrel is amazing. And I will not tolerate Cracker Barrel. Oh, wow. Okay, podcast. well. We're looking for a new podcaster and graphic designer. If anyone out there is interested, um, you can email theuncontestedsports at gmail.com. All right, Taylor, continue. I was going to say, we, we might not, we might also be looking for a new podcast network if we don't start talking about sports again. <laughs> Welcome to the Uncontested, a podcast about Cracker Barrel and Applebee's. Uh, so someone who also kind of likes to talk around the bush, uh, Sam Presti. <laughs> uh, basically, and, and actually, Cut I felt the that, check. We're too good at this. That's right. All the transitions. <laughs> So overall, I mean, honestly, there, there really wasn't anything huge that stood out to me like that I think was uh, – that really surprised me or shocked me. It, he was, like I said, pretty cautious, and as always, he was articulate with his thoughts, which is the epitome of Sam Presti. However, um, kind of like I told you guys in our Slack, he, he talks a couple different times about staying competitive, uh, putting himself in position to play meaningful games, which I found interesting. Hey, can, the, can I stop you right there yeah. uh, as, as far as this goes? I find that interesting, and I think a lot of people will read into that. Like, we want to be be playing our best basketball in in April, uh, meaningful games, yada yada yada. Because it's not that different from what he's said in years past. But I'm exactly. with you. I'm, I'm with the direction you're heading. But what I mean, do we really expect him to go up on stage and say, uh, "I really plan on us sucking and just being awful because we want to get the best draft pick possible, uh, and we're yes. restarting everything." And I'm currently trying to get rid of Chris Paul. I just don't know if I can do it. Like he's not going to come on right. stage and say that and just completely, you know, all trade so right, right. Well, leverage. You know, there's there's two big reasons why you don't do that. One, I think we've talked about it a lot. Of, I don't know that the Thunder's rebuild is going to be the stereotypical rebuild, at least not this season. Like, I think they're going to win a handful of games. That's what he was hinting at, too. Uh, sorry, uh, not to cut you off. You're no, no, no. right on track. Yeah, and so I think I think they're going to – they are – he meant it. I think part of it is just straightforward. He meant it. I think they're going to play some meaningful basketball, and I think that's good for a lot of the young guys. You look at a guy like Devin Booker who does who's done nothing but play trash basketball his whole career – and it, it has an effect on you. So I think those young prospects that they're developing, it's a good situation for them to be in. I think the other part of it is what you guys mentioned, Chris Paul. And I think if they come out and just say, like, yeah, we're trying to tank, like, we're we're shutting it down, he loses all leverage, all leverage. Absolutely. in the Chris Paul trade. And I don't think he has a ton because I think everybody still knows that he wants to trade Chris Paul. But at least this way it's like, no, Chris Paul's good. You know, we're, we're going to run with this. 
see what happens. I think that that at least gives them a little bit more leverage than if they just admit that they're not really playing for anything. So you guys yeah, and just logically, he wouldn't just come out and say that too, right? Uh, aside of the leverage right. point, it's just yeah. like the the CEO of a company isn't going to come out and say. Yeah, our company is going to suck this year and we're not going to make any profits. Get used to it. You know, like <laughs> you're going to come out there and like spin it positively and, and, and say what you're supposed to say regardless, you know? So I don't know. I just, I, I get it, but you also have to be able to read through the lines on a lot of this stuff. Right. And you guys actually uh, kind of set up another perfect transition to kind of what I was uh, going to kind of uh, summarize. Basically he had this like maybe four or five minute intro that he, he typically does an intro statement that he typically does to kick off uh, press conferences. And, you know, it, it like I, it, like you guys have kind of mentioned, it sounded a lot kind of like bluff. I mean, essentially he's saying they're willing to ride with this team and see how good they are pending any trade offers that develop this season. But he's not going to blow this team up just to kickstart the rebuild. You know, he's going to wait for the right, right. deals. He's not going to trade Chris Paul just to trade Chris Paul. He's going to try and get some assets in return. And so that, like you guys, I mean, I think you guys kind of covered that pretty well, but just his, his intro statement that talked a lot about, you know, we're, we're going to be very thorough and honest with you guys. We're looking to transition uh, and we're looking, we're gonna, going to have to rebuild at some point, but we also don't feel like that's where we're at right now. It, that's going to come, but we aren't quite there yet. Now, yeah. one other thing, Presty process. Right. Now, one yeah. other thing though, that was in his intro statement that I found incredibly interesting because us and other, you know, other uh, Thunder beat writers and media in general have talked about how maybe the Thunder should manage their players, uh, you know, in this new era of load management. Maybe they should do a little more of that. And he actually mentioned that in this opening statement as well. He said, quote, unquote, taking an 82-game approach, making sure we're not using all the bullets on Monday night at the expense of uh, Wednesday, Friday, Sunday. So I thought that was interesting. We, hmm. we might be seeing some Chris mm-hmm. Paul, um, kind of conserving Chris Paul's uh, health in minutes, um, some load management for Gallo, some load management for Steven especially. Might be a big reason why they were able to get Nerlens to resign. It's saying, look, Steven's been pretty banged up at the end of the year. Um, we're going to be resting him quite a bit more this season. You're going to get a, a, you know, a, a big, significant amount more of playing time. Um, anyways, I, I found that interesting. Kind of snuck that in there and kind of sandwiched that in between the whole rebuild and we're so excited for this season and you know all of that. Uh, what, yeah. What's your guys' approach on that? Well, well, staying kind of on the the same topic that we've been on here about like him saying things that maybe is just lip service and whatnot. Uh, I did find it interesting that, and correct me if I'm wrong, Taylor, but I believe somebody asked him specifically about trading Chris Paul, uh, and if Chris Paul quote quote unquote wants to be here. Yep. And his, his response was, "You'd have to ask him that." That was. But we think he's a good player, and, and he's going to play well, and blah blah blah. Which again, understanding context and reading between the lines, there just just kind of tells me like options are on the table. Yep. Right? right and and uh, he's being professional about it and he's being candid about it and he's being um, um, forthcoming but he's he's not trying to tip his hand and, and and I don't know did you guys get that same vibe from that right well Absolutely. so I, I had the quote right here um, he said quote that question is probably best asked to him one thing about him is he's a hooper a competitor and he wants to play basketball I think our fans are going to really enjoy watching this guy play and then basically goes into how lucky they are I, he said this as it was either separate I think it was a separate point he made on Chris Paul as well but you know how fortunate this franchise is that after losing a player of the caliber of Russell Westbrook they're able to bring in a guy like Chris Paul to watch and in a way he's right but it, it very much felt like a sell I mean he focused more on Chris Paul today I would say than any other player and very much felt like a I mean you know, he talked about how great shape he's in and how he's changed his diet 
Hell, you just met with him this morning, and it just very much felt like a sales pitch. Like, uh, we want these fans to be excited. We want them to come out and watch this team and support them still. We don't want to give off the impression that we're going to sell them the first chance we get. Um, and so, yeah, I, I found that comment extremely interesting, for sure. And you know what the first question Barry Tramel asks to Chris Paul at Media Day is going to be now? Exactly. <laughs> so what do you think about being an OKC? Yep. Do you, you want to be, be traded? Here, yeah. <laughs> was it Barry that asked that question? Yeah, it, it was. was Barry. Okay. Yep. Okay. What if Chris Paul next questions him? Oh, that'd be incredible. Dude, like instant superstar in Oklahoma City. <laughs> if Chris Paul oh, next questions him, <laughs> I promise you in 30 minutes, we will have Blue Wire next question t-shirts up for sale. You better believe it. Oh, 100%. <laughs> I'll, say this, 100%. I'll say this. I actually appreciate that question from Barry. Like I, I like he Barry has his flaws. Don't get me wrong, but but I think there are times where he can be blunt and it can be a good thing. And I, think yeah, I agree completely. I think that's a good example of it. Like I, I, I actually really like that question from Barry. Yeah, no, I'm with you. And, and I think all, I think a lot of his questions this year to Russ were fair, but Russ was just like yeah, tired of the bullshit sure. yeah. and just wasn't. Gonna and and, and I think that those questions Stubborn. like that, like as a reporter, you know, you're not going to get like a hundred percent truthful answer out of that because they're just not going to spill the tea. But uh, there are questions that I think still need to be asked, you know, even though you're not going to get the response, maybe that you hope you're not going to get the truth that you want out of it. It's a question you still have to float out there because sometimes you, you know, you, you throw the, the hook and the line and the sinker out there and you're not going to catch a fish every time, but sometimes something's going to bite, you know? So agreed. Yeah. No, I'm with you. But before we move on, uh, one interesting thing was Sam Presti showed up, uh, with a beard. (laughs) That was a, a he's surprising. he's pretty hairy, you could say. Yeah, um, he could I, use a use a certain product, a certain product that we just so happen to be sponsored by today. What what product <laughs> is that? A few of us on this show use Harry's razors. Sam Preston could use some Harry's, as we mentioned. And if you visit their website, you can check out all different shave sets and face care products. They have some great ones, I promise. They even have like a package you can subscribe to where they send you like a variety pack. It's really cool. Join the 10 million who have tried Harry's. Claim your special offer by going to harrys.com slash bluewire. Why try Harry's? Harry's founders were two regular guys tired of getting ripped off and paying for overpriced razors. Harry's makes quality, durable blades at a fair price, just $2 per blade. If you don't love your shave, let them know and they'll give you a full refund. This summer, refresh your wallet and your face with a Harry's trial set. It comes with a weighted ergonomic handle for an easy grip, five blade razor with a lubricating strip and trimmer blade for a close shave, rich lathering shave gel that will leave you smelling great, and a travel blade cover to keep you ra- your razor dry and easy on the go. Listeners of my show can redeem their trial set at harrys.com slash bluewire. Make sure you go to harrys.com slash bluewire to redeem your offer and let them know the uncontested sent you to help support the show. Looking at you, Sam. What'd you guys <laughs> think of his beard, though? Yeah, it, it's it. not bad. Yeah, I was going to say, it, it's a pretty full, nice beard. He's kept it trimmed. It, it, uh, I it, will say it does... Uh, add some years on him for sure mm-hmm. it definitely adds some there's years some on gray him, hairs in there he yeah. talked about when it, so eric horn actually kicked it off the presser asking him about the beard and he kind of laughed and he was like yeah so uh during the off season i always like to try and get away for a little bit <laughs> he's like i went up to vermont i grew out a beard i came back people liked it so i kept it for a little bit but probably won't stay long um but anyways he, he talked about kind of going up to vermont and even mentioned uh, kind of doing some reflecting and thinking about the off season and and, and like, he mentioned writing in his journal yeah, which is yeah, so, so on oh, brand, it's not absolutely. even funny. And can you like can you imagine getting to go through and read his journal? 
It'd be the most fascinating thing as a Thunder fan. Dude, I bet his therapist has so many good stories. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. So uh, speaking of stories, though, another thing that, that he responded to, I think Brady Trantham and then Eric Horn both, uh, Eric Horn had a follow-up to this, but they asked about Kevin Durant's comments in response to, uh, and, and Presti's response to KD's comments in the Wall Street Journal, which we talked about. And so basically, uh, you know, like I think we've already covered this uh, in our podcast. Me and Jacob did this a couple weeks ago. We won't go over what Kevin Durant said, but essentially talked about how he hadn't talked to anybody there and he feels so wronged by the, the thunder and etc etc before going into a similar spill about the warriors i might add so Presti's response per usual he took the high road um he did a great job and uh per usual he was very on brand he said it quote unquote or quote if there is anything that kd ever ever needed from me or from anyone here it would be a moment's notice for that to happen i also think if you work with people for eight years like we did he and i you know he was 19 when he came into the nba i was 29 we both went through a lot of changes together, and I have nothing but positive things to say about him and his tenure here. Uh, and then he continued and said, I, was all, I would always be there if needed, if, if he needed anything from me, and I truthfully, truthfully believe it would be reciprocated as well. So, um, again, he kind of put it to rest that OKC ever wronged him or that they hadn't talked or communicated. So here's an interesting question about that, though, is KD has, has one story, right, that, that is very clearly publicated in the Wall Street Journal. Um, Presti comes out today, has another version of the story. Wherein does the truth lie, Justin? Like, is, is it somewhere in the gray area in the middle? And, and if so, uh, and that's typically where the truth does lie, is it leaning more towards Presti's comments or is it leaning more towards KD's comments? KD says, I've never had a positive conversation with the GM, any of those guys. And Presti says... I would do anything for that dude in a moment's notice. I have nothing but respect and admiration for what he's done. Two very, very different narratives coming out um, from from the two parties. Where does the truth lie? I think it. I think they're both right, and I think it's just how they view this situation. So it's just a matter of perception. I think it's. Um, you know, Presty kind of elaborated on it and mentioned that. You know, he hasn't. He kind of implied that he hasn't had a conversation with Kevin Durant, but he he said, you know, I haven't really had many conversations with any former players other than the occasional, you know, short chat of like, how you doing stuff like that. And Kevin Durant, I think interprets that as a slight of like, man, I did so much for you. I can't believe you haven't reached out to me. And I take it as like, you know, we use the relationship metaphor a lot. So I'm going to, I'm going to keep it work related, but it's like, if you quit your job, do you expect the, the CEO of your old job, to just randomly reach out to you and be like, hey, man, how's everything going? I hope you're okay. If you ever need anything, let me know. Like, no, that is – unless you had, like, a super tight relationship, that's probably not a thing that's going to happen. However, you know, if you were close and you called upon your CEO, your former CEO, and were like, hey, I need a favor, uh, et cetera, I think they would, they'd be willing to do that. And that's kind of what I feel like Presty was saying. So I think Kevin Durant's right. He probably hasn't had a conversation, but I also think Presty's telling the truth and that, you know, he still cares deeply about him and, and would do anything for him. It's a really good point. Yeah, no, that's, that's really an incredible solid. point. I think you can even compare that, like, to the fact that the Thunder don't do tribute videos for when players come back. doesn't mean that Presty doesn't care for them or think highly of them, but that's just not yeah. what they do. You know, they're, they're looking ahead. They're moving forward. Um, and they wish you the best, and they'll be there if you ever need anything, you know? I think, But I think that's a great a great point, Justin, and kind of how KD perceives things compared to Presti. And I think it, it's, you know, kind of a microcosm of 
how the entire relationship has been since he left. You know, it's Kevin Durant processing this. I think Presty has felt the same. You know, there's been articles where I forget when it was. um, I think it was last summer. But there was an article where somebody was kind of shadowing Presty and he had a photo of Russell Westbrook, KD, and James Harden in his office or in his house or something like that. And they asked him about it. Like, does that picture make you sad? And he was like, no. It's like, a milestone. It, exactly. Right. Like, I look back on it fondly. That was a great era of Thunder basketball. I think the way Presty's viewed it all has been with pretty good perspective. I think what we've seen play out publicly is Kevin Durant processing it of, you know, Oklahoma City's home. I'm excited to go back to, you know, screw those guys. Nobody cares about me. And I think it's going to, for the for the relationship to be repaired, I think the ball's kind of in his court to kind of work through it all and get to a point, honestly, where he understands why the hard feelings exist. Because I think until he does that, we're not going to move past it. So that's another really great transition uh, into something that I kind of wanted to bring up as well. I don't even actually have it on our, our outline for the podcast, but I wanted to bring up to you guys one thing that's because it, it really is. It's going to be another great transition because I Presty talked about this era of Thunder basketball at uh, this past era. These past 11 years is what he called it. But there was a part of him compared to his last press conference he had after the Russell Westbrook trade and Paul George trades where he almost seemed relieved and excited and refreshed just as us fans have started to feel like we've talked about on the podcast throughout the offseason almost excited for the new opportunity of Thunder basketball. However, he did mention, he had a very interesting quote that he said something about, however, it's humbling when thinking about, you know, all the work that's to come, essentially, um, trying to rebuild and, and hit those draft picks. And it just, he, he said something along the lines of how it it makes you realize, you know, how hard it is to maintain success in the NBA. But he talked about how excited he was and the organization was for the challenge ahead. And so I, I, I think he does view it as like, okay, like I, I he went to Vermont, he reflected fondly on that la- the last 11 years of Thunder basketball, but he's ready for for that next transition. You know, he's ready for that next era, and um, so it's going to be really interesting, kind of see how he how he views it. Because, like you said, today was a lot of bluff. Um, I don't think he really communicated how he truly feels or how he truly truly feels this upcoming season. Although he did mention player development quite a few times, but obviously he's not going to come out. I mean, he didn't mention a trade one single time. He deflected all questions about trades. So it's going to to be very interesting to see where this team is come March and and to see how Presti truly views this this upcoming era of Thunder basketball. Definitely. So, hey, we've been talking about a former small forward in Oklahoma City and some perceived lies uh, about things that have happened with him. So let's keep on that theme uh, and transition over to <laughs> another small forward and what Presti came out and basically said were some lies said about that, which is Paul George, Doc Rivers, and some comments that Doc made uh, recently. Yeah, so he basically, you know, Doc came out and said something along the lines of, and again, this was informal. It was like, it wasn't like a full-on interview or anything, I don't think. But he talked, it was in like an article, and he talked about, uh, well, you know, we're trying to get this trade done. It almost fell through three different times, but we knew that the Thunder were trying to to blow up the team uh, beforehand, so we thought we had a good shot at Paul George. Hey, that was a pretty good Doc Rivers impersonation, by the I way. Mean, I, don't, I, I don't have I definitely quite the raspy voice. You tried to tried. go raspy and low. <laughs> yeah. I think if you really want to get it, you need to go like smoke a carton of cigarettes first right, and then come so back, true. and you'll probably go. Austin. Man, you know, I just remember those Celtic days. <laughs> Blake! Blake, dunk the basketball! <laughs> that wasn't very good. That this sounds... is awful. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry to everyone listening. Jeez. All right, Justin, you, you got you to gotta, you gotta try Doc Rivers' voice before we move on, Justin. Uh, I, 
I'm not going to do that. <laughs> I, th- I think we've subjected our listeners to, to enough, enough pain and suffering. <laughs> I'm going to talk like this for the rest of the podcast. <laughs> no, I'm not really. Palmier can do a fantastic Doc Rivers voice. I remember that from the past. Um, oh, I think I remember that too. Yeah, that, it, it was really good. Or maybe it was Tibbs. But regardless, he had, he had a pretty good impression. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> We're really going off topic here. But Tibbs kind of has the best voice. He does. Uh, Tibbs and Ed Orgeron. <laughs> That's what I was about to say. Tibbs is like Ed Orgeron. <laughs> Have you guys seen that that press conference of Ed Orgeron where the LSU players are like messing around on the practice field behind him? <laughs> and four times he's got to say, hold on a second. And he goes around he's like, hey, knock it off. Trying to do a press conference over here. And he goes, oh, my God. If you haven't watched it. it Everyone that's listening to this podcast needs to go look up that YouTube video. <laughs> it Ed is Orgeron sounds like a Cajun <laughs> Muppet. <laughs> I was gonna say like he has the Ed the Orgeron twang. sounds like what the Water Boys' dad would have sounded like. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that's perfect. All right. Anyways, um, so Doc Rivers, Doc Rivers, <laughs> Doc said that the Thunder quote: "We knew they wanted to break up their team." And somebody brought that up to Presti today. And what was his response, Taylor? So he said no. He just flat out and came and said no to start it off. And that was it. Uh, very, no. Very no. straightforward. <laughs> we talked about Presti beating around the bush and not being straightforward. And then this answer, he just said no. No. <laughs> but then he followed it up with what? He said no. I mean, again, I don't know the context in which that comment was made. And obviously no one asked us our opinion about it. But no. We all know that players like Paul George and Russell Westbrook are extremely hard to acquire in cities and the smaller cities in the league. And when you have those players, you try to do everything you can to retain them. And so, yeah, basically, he was saying, yeah, that we were looking to build around this team. And then, and then he and he he followed that up talking about Paul George's request and how they really didn't even entertain those ideas until Paul George came up and, and requested the trade. He elaborated a little and said that everything was very professional with Paul and his agent and the way they handled it. But obviously, it was a little disheartening when you're. Start, when you're basically your your star player comes to you asking for a trade, um, and obviously that, that leads to the whole rebuild. So uh, again, he was a little more straightforward with that one, I think, compared to just trying to take the high road with KD. He was pretty much like, "Yeah, that's kind of BS." Yeah, uh, I, I agree with that. <laughs> yeah, honestly, it, when Doc Rivers made the comments and right, you, you just do the mental timeline. Right, it didn't work out, and I think that's what Presty kind of hit on. I don't know. I don't know the context that Doc Rivers quotes came in, and Presty alluded to that too. It sounded like a kind of a weird informal setting with reporters, so maybe something got interpreted differently than it was meant. I don't know, but it it doesn't make sense that the Thunder were going to blow it up before Paul George made his decision. Yeah, but my thing is on that, and and I'm totally with you guys. I don't think they planned on blowing it up. I think they were, I mean, they went and out and signed Mike Muscala and Alec Burks. That is not a we're trying to blow it up team. That's, That's a, a we're scrambling point. to get whatever pieces we can to fit around this. So, yeah. like, regardless of the situation Doc is in, like, those words came out of his mouth when he was talking about trading for Paul George True. and Kawhi Leonard. And, and I don't know. My question is just why? Right. Like, what, why did Doc say that? Like, It's a fair question. You know? <laughs> right. I, it's, it's very similar to Paul George just kind of saying things to say things, you know? We, he's very guilty of that. He was guilty of that here in OKC. 
Um, he, he had some great comments uh, after the trade about Oklahoma City, and then he kind of contradicted the whole trade situation uh, later on at a Clippers press conference. You know, it's just it's similar. Also, what, what Doc said completely contradicted things that were already reported by respected reporters such as Sam a- a- Amico, who, who wrote about the, Paul George, or the Clippers and Thunder trade, um, even contradicts what uh, some of the Houston reporters have talked about with the Russell Westbrook trade. So, it, and even, I, I think there was even something that like Paul George, or uh, Doc Rivers himself was like, yeah, um, uh, Kawhi went through a list of players and you know, we tried to get a couple and then we ended up getting, I don't know. Anyways, like, you're yeah, right. Which, that is fascinating because I don't know if you guys have listened to Woj and Brian Windhorst, yes. uh, but they mentioned that, that, in this interview, Doc Rivers said something about how they had a list of players and asked Kawhi which, who he wanted to play with, and Kawhi was fixated on Paul George. I want to play with this guy, and that was the first time they had heard of this or whatever, um, but that there's evidence to the contrary of that happening. That he was meeting happening. with Paul George. Like, yeah, and, right. and, and so like it was like the way Doc made it sound was, was they presented a piece of paper with names on it, and Kawhi said, Oh, you think you can get Paul George? I'd like to play with him. When right before Kawhi met with Doc, he was meeting with Paul George. Right. You know, so yeah. Doc tried to spin it like it was his idea. I, it's just weird, man. Like it is weird. I, I I just I don't understand. But I guess uh, maybe we never will because we 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 can't get into Doc Rivers' head. So. <laughs> Man, if we did it, talk like this. Oh, my God. <laughs> I knew that was coming. <laughs> he teed it up perfect. Uh, yeah, I try. Uh, so so what's what's another topic from this press conference that, well, that we need to touch on? I think a lot of fans would be interested in what he had to say about the current players on the roster. We've talked a lot about players who are no longer on the Thunder roster. However, he and, – and we talked a lot about Chris Paul, but he did mention the other players. Um, one thing I found extremely interested, uh, interesting is that he – he kind of downplayed Shea. I think he mentioned him twice, and each time he talked about, well, you know, um, you know, Shea's an incredibly talent or incredibly talented player. Uh, we're very excited to have him, but you know, what? Uh, sometimes with those young guys, they're going to go through rough patches, or you know, they they may yeah, have a also... down week or two, and then that that'll spark a, a big run. And it was almost like, okay, we like hyped up Shea to try and get everybody excited about the season to like kind of compensate for getting rid of Russell Westbrook and Paul George and try to hype him up. Now we need to tone that down just a little bit because yeah, got that's what it seemed like to me. He he was stepping it back a little bit to like right. This kid's twenty one in his second year in the league. Yeah. He also talked about. Uh, how incredibly important it was with Shea that he said our our thoughts on him and our, our belief in him is very, very high, but it's incredibly important that we don't, don't rush this try to jump there, right. that it's a process and it's it's baby steps at a time. And and that's just that kind of fits the Sam Presti mold of of, of the long term vision and the process. Uh, he has high beliefs for Shea. He thinks Shea can be a great player, but Shea doesn't have to be a great player right now. Shea right. can be a great player uh, by slowly taking those steps forward. Uh, and, and part of that will be learning from guys like Chris Paul and not having the entire team and franchise kind of thrown on his back immediately, but rather uh, let him grow into that. And But yeah, Taylor, what you just touched on, I, I think is exactly true. I think he's seen all the hype that Shea has got, and he's trying to backpedal that a bit to temper expectations so when Shea doesn't come out on opening night and drop 30-10-10 and, and start posting a Russell Westbrook-esque line, 
uh, right. <laughs> Thunder fans aren't disappointed. That's exactly right. right. I was going to say, he, he basically is saying, you know, don't expect this kid to come in and be Russell Westbrook, um, or really at all, but much less this coming season. You know, let this kid grow as if he were Ferguson or Hamadou Diallo, who he also mentioned. And I found interesting, he, he was kind of talking, somebody asked him kind of along the, the lines of player development and kind of balancing that with the group of veterans, like the uh, uh, CP3s and the Gallinari's and even Steven, you know, some of those guys. And he kind of talked about player development in, in an interesting way. He said, you know, I, obviously uh, I trust Billy and the staff. They do a great job of player development, yada, yada, yada. But he said Terrence Ferguson wouldn't be where he was at or we wouldn't have seen what Terrence is capable of had Andre Robertson not gotten hurt two years ago or two seasons ago. Uh, he said, and the same is true with Hamadou. He said when we had a, or we were banged up on the on the, on the the wing and, and Terrence kind of had, a, a, I forgot what happened to him. He had like a tweaked ankle or something like that. He said we wouldn't have seen what Hamadou was capable of this past season as a rookie and seen his his potential had the opportunity not arisen. And so anyways, I, I found that was extremely interesting as well. He was like, yeah, look, I'm not going to say it was like completely our development uh, development staff or our coaching or the system we have in place. Like a lot of it comes down to opportunity. Um so yeah, it, it, he was very high on Hami and Fur. He mentioned that a couple different times. Did you guys notice that? Yeah, Justin, yeah. do you have any thoughts on those on what, his comments on those young guys? Yeah, I think it's fair. You know, it, like you hit on it well. It's it's the Presti process. I think it's you know looking at the long game. How many times do we see a guy have a great rookie year and then a not as great second year in the league? And I think who knows that could be where Shea's headed. I think Shea's a great talent, but. He's going to have rough patches. I think it's it's about setting expectations, much like he did with his op-ed, uh, the you know the now infamous reposition and replenish uh, statements that we got from him back then. I think it's just kind of about looking ahead, being excited, but also tempering those expectations. Uh, yeah, yeah, for sure. No, I'm with you. Um, and he also mentioned on the develop of the development of the young guys this idea that someone asked him about like, how do you develop these guys? Uh, it, they said, it seems like in the past you've tried to like fit talent around Russell Westbrook. And now how do you tweak that and change that into what you're moving for in the future? And he talks specifically about uh, the, the, the fact that it's a team sport and that you build. It's not about trying to build one player to be good. It's about building a team to be good. And everyone has, has a job and a role and, and whatnot, and that your your players develop through developing the team, which I thought was an interesting answer. He didn't just come out and say, you know, our, our goal is to make Shea Gildress Alexander the best player yeah. he can be. Our goal is to make a best basketball team that we can have, and Shea Gildress Alexander, as he gets better, will become part of that. He mentioned that, you know, these players, they're going to be a lot better in game 50 than they are in game five. And I think that's that's incredibly true, right? It's it's going to be a a process to figure out what this team looks like, uh, who needs to have the ball, where people need to get their shots, how the whole thing is going to go together. Because I feel like basketball, more than a, a lot of other sports, is definitely a, a game of cooperation and it's a game of synergy with the other people on the floor. And that, and that takes a while. But I think as people evolve and players evolve, the synergy with the other players on the court changes. And so it's constantly like the, this ever-growing and molding process, you know? And so uh, and, you know, I, he, I, 
I think he, the development of the young change. guys is interesting. Yeah, right. And, you know, he, he, I think that, that was a great point that you brought up, Jacob, because that, that stood out to me as well. As, you know, he talked about change and how, like, no, like, okay, like, fair point. Maybe Billy hasn't had consecutive uh, or, like, a, a cons- like maybe he hasn't avoided roster change every single season, and he's been presented a new hand every season. But that's, like, that's the state of the modern-day NBA. That's not going to change. There's going to be change on your roster every single year with this new era of player development and things of that nature. And he said, you know, that's one reason we really actually liked Billy when we interviewed him in 2015 because of his college experience. He's used to that, recruiting kids who are one-and-dones and then continuously yeah. recruiting kids for the next season. You know, it's, he was used to that turnover, and he said, you know, that's just kind of a part of the game that you kind of have to roll with. Um, and I think that, you know, that – that's kind of what he was getting at in terms of synergy and trying to develop these young guys and balancing the veteran leadership. I thought that was interesting. And then one other player I wanted to touch on uh, before we move on, he actually brought Steven up uh, unsolicited without a question about Steven. And it was interesting to me because uh, it was another way that I could tell he had really been reflecting on this past era of Thunder basketball and and things to change moving forward. It's something that us Thunder fans have mentioned quite a bit uh, during this offseason, ever since the trades really happened, and that Steven's going to have a whole new game with Russell Westbrook not playing alongside him and Chris Paul playing alongside him instead. Preston didn't say that specifically, but he mentioned how excited he is to see Steven develop. And not, you know, he said obviously he's the ultimate. I think he called him like the block, the blocker or the I, I don't ultimate know, block and tackle. Block guy. and tackle. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, I couldn't remember the term. Ultimate block and tackle guy. Um, Something like that. But he's extremely, no, I think that was it. I think you're right on. He said, but he's extremely talented. I feel like he has, uh, basically, he said he feels he has a lot of untapped potential and he's ex- excited to see him expand his game with more opportunities and it, which I found interesting because that's something that Thunder fans have really been talking about a lot. Just out of curiosity, do you guys think that comment? Cause I thought that comment was interesting as well. Taylor, yeah. the fact that basically he was saying to me, he was saying Steven Adams has always been seen as the, the big strong role player uh, who just fits in and does what he needs to do. But Presley's saying he's actually like really skilled, and I don't think his growth is finished. I think he can still grow and become better as a player. His development is still in progress, and we're going to see a lot of different things from him this year. That's Any exactly chance? what I took from that, yeah. Yeah, okay, so because of that, you know, we're going to see different things. He's a really skilled player. Uh, I, I think he's not done growing. Any chance that's alluding to Adams finally shooting threes? I, I, I picked up on that a when he said expand. If, there, if like, there's a oh, season to do it, isn't this the season oh, to do 100%. it? Oh, 100%. Why not? It's a perfect yeah. season to do it. Do it during this transition season, and then you start to build towards something starting next year. And if he's out there shooting threes consecutively, I mean, that's huge. Uh, I actually, that's really interesting you brought that up because he used the word expand, and like I just couldn't help but make that connection like to expand yeah. out to the three-point line, <laughs> you know? I wouldn't, I wouldn't bet on it, but it's... Ooh, it's like it's, he's at least giving him the, the freedom to so, choose yeah. to do so. Or I'll tell you good. guys, whenever we do our Thunder Season Preview podcast, I have some like prop bets that I'm going to throw at you guys, and one of them is probably going to be an over-under on Steven Adams' three-point attempts. You I guys will have it. to bet on I it. I love it. Uh, talking about betting, though, um, you guys should bet. It's a, it's a very healthy thing to do, um, and you can make a lot of money, uh, or you could go in debt and – like be ruined forever. Uh, but Justin's going to tell you more about that. (laughs) Well, on that note, uh, you know, at the end of hard week, I like to sit down, take some time off and watch some football because basketball is not back yet. So, you know, there's lots of things to look forward to watching football, game winning touchdowns on two minute drives. Hey, before you move on from that, speaking of game winning touchdowns and two minute drives, what about that UCLA game last week? 
that was uh, I appreciate that was you alerting to me. It uh, alerted me at, alerted me that it was uh, in like the I think it was the fourth quarter at that point. That was a phenomenal Justin. Did you you didn't get to watch it? Did you? I was fast asleep. Oh well, Taylor and I were living <laughs> vicariously through the insaneness in the Pacific Northwest. It's fantastic. Uh, I whoever bet on that game is pissed off. I'll tell you that. That well, yeah. Um, I don't even know where I am right now. <laughs> I was trying to fill in for for the ad read. I thought it was good. I like it. Um, yeah, some game winning touchdowns, crazy finishes. You know, maybe star receivers forcing their way out of teams. There's no stop. There's no shortage of uh, drama when you're watching the NFL. And there's no better way to make the games even more exciting than to bet on them. So do the smart thing and go to mybookie.ag. No one gives you more ways to win than they do. MyBookie's got the fastest payouts and better lines than any other sports book. Don't forget, where you're betting is just as important as who you're betting on. And MyBookie.ag is best in the business. It's where I play, and you should too. Uh, do the smart thing. If you're going to bet football, bet it with MyBookie. If you're the kind of guy that likes to bet a little bit and win a lot, try a parlay. If all your picks come through, you'll multiply your winnings. And no matter how you bet, the NFL season is the best time of year until the NBA season starts. Join now, and MyBookie will double your first deposit. So you can't beat that. Use promo code BLUEWIRE. That's a bet you can automatically win. That's a, that's a winning bet. Uh, use promo code BLUEWIRE to activate the offer. That's promo code BLUEWIRE. Visit MyBookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid. All right, Taylor, what else from this press conference have we not touched on yet that we need to? Well, he talked about the rule changes. Um, he talked about the, you know, the NBA's initiative to address tampering. And he, on that, he said, quote, uh, June 30th was not a shining moment for the league. I don't think it's easy to solve the final details of what it's going to look like. We don't know, but I think it's a positive we're looking at, which from a small market executive, uh, general manager such as Sam Presti, I think was a very not like – you know, not super direct, um, but like he, he was making a point there, you know? Yeah, but like I also thought it was interesting mentioning that, that he talked about how he thought there was no foul play in the Paul George thing at all and how the timing sucked, and that's not the conversation he wanted to be having a week into free yep. agency. Right. But he, he was very clear to say that, like, Paul handled it professionally and he didn't think there was any wrongdoing or foul play or, or breaking of the rules involved in Paul George's trade request, which – is also interesting, but it's also again this kind of whole the the whole like thesis of this podcast. It's on brand for Presty, right? Yep. He's not like just like he said about how he cares about Kevin Durant and all this stuff. He's not going to throw Paul George under the bus, although he slightly kind of did about what was that a month ago, a right. month and a half ago, yep. whenever he did that press conference and and pushed back on on Paul George's comments. But he wasn't going to say, "Oh, Paul George broke the rules and was." Uh, talking to another player while he was under contract and being recruited by another team. Like that's just not the Presty way. I think it's fascinating too to hear him talk about, you know, June, June 30th, because I know what that was like uh, from our perspective, just looking at all the deals coming out and just kind of being glued to Twitter for like nine hours and really reveling in the entertainment of it. But I can see how from, 
an executive's perspective, like he would have a totally different take on how oh, the yeah. events of that evening went down. I mean, Woj and literally he... had drafted tweets <laughs> that he just submitted as soon as the timeline yeah. hit. <laughs> like the second the clock struck, it, boom, send them out. And uh, I think, I think you could sense a little bit of that frustration coming out because he doesn't seem like the type of guy that would engage in that kind of stuff. No, yeah, yeah. I'm with you completely. No, go ahead, Jacob. No, I was just gonna say I agree as well. <laughs> yeah, it, uh, it certainly was interesting. He, you can tell that he did some reflection uh, in between the last press conference and this one, and it's just kind of ready to put it behind him and move ahead. Uh, you know, but one last thing that kind of stuck stuck out to me, and that us, us Thunder fans that have been with the team since day one will really appreciate the buzzy, the buzzer beating king himself, Eric Maynard has joined the uh, coaching staff for the OKC Blue. He'll be the head coach for the Blue. Yeah, that was kind of, of a little kind of under the radar. He, yeah. yeah, he just kind of snuck yeah. it in. Yeah, yeah. He, was, well, he was talking about, you know, kind of how, how proud they so are of the organization. Said. And <laughs> boom. Can't do that. Uh, <laughs> it's frowned upon. Yeah. No kidding. Uh, but, yeah, uh, he, you know, he was God talking about – kind of compared it to Royal, uh, Royal Ivy, how he went through the Blue uh, when he first came back to the organization. Yeah, he kind of mentioned this Thunder alumni – Thunder uh, you, baby. Yeah, this Thunder <laughs> alumni coaching uh, ladder that the Thunder have kind of built up here. Uh, Royale Ivy, uh, Eric Maynard, uh, Nazi Muhammad, not yep. coaching, but front office. Nick Collison, uh, just maintaining a advisory role with the team since he's yeah, retired. Hopefully, actually on the books pretty soon, collecting right. a check and doing something. Uh, yeah. I, hey, I, shout out to Nick Collison, by the way. He's, uh, he's engaged now. Oh, yeah, I saw that. Yeah, congratulations to Mr. Thunder. And Mrs. Thunder, or soon to be Mrs. Thunder. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I, I, you know, and with Eric, he's just a high quality guy. I think he he's a player who, or a former player who could make an incredible coach. And I wouldn't be surprised to kind of see him, you know, rise up the ladder as as Ivy did. And I wouldn't be surprised to see him on the Thunder's bench here before too long. Yeah, it's kind of like a, a point guard whisperer type of guy, yeah. you know? Yeah. Yeah. Because he, he he was pretty good at. I mean, he he was so different than the way Russell Westbrook played. Yep. But you could just really tell like there him. was. Yeah, he was a great change of pace guy, and you could just tell the way he played wasn't with extreme athleticism. wasn't He wasn't a top athlete. He wasn't a, you know, the quickest guy or the best shooter, or whatever. But he was just methodical, and and he, you could tell he was a very smart basketball player. And those guys typically yeah. make really good coaches. You know what I'll always remember about Eric Maynard, and it has nothing to do with the basketball court. He would always tweet about lemon pepper wings at Wingstop. <laughs> And I had never been to Wingstop before, and I literally went to Wingstop and got lemon pepper wings because of Eric Maynard's tweets. And it changed your life? And now, yes, hands <laughs> down, my favorite wings. I mean, Rick so Ross. Thank you, shout Eric out Rick Maynard. Ross. That's his, uh, shout his out go-to. Shout out Rick Ross. Yeah. Shout out Eric Maynard. That's awesome. I didn't know that. That's really funny. <laughs> I just remember all of his like half-court buzzer beater shots. Like They're just ridiculous. Yes. The thing I remember is when they benched Russell Westbrook in the fourth quarter of the Western Conference Finals. And oh, let, shoot. And let, yeah, Eric, and let yeah. Eric run the show. Yeah, good, good times. times. <laughs> we have a uh, we have some G League news of our we own. Don't do. we? Do it's very very exciting news. No, okay. am I supposed to say, am I supposed yeah, to say it? Oh, okay. Passing the mic I mean, to you. <laughs> okay, I thought you were passing to Taylor. I didn't know. Hell. Uh, yeah, some pretty exciting news. Um, I will be covering the Blue, the Oklahoma City G League team this season. Uh, their home games start mid November, so mid November I will be down at the Cox Convention Center. Uh, covering the Oklahoma City Blue, which means I'll get to talk to Eric Maynard. Uh, I'll get to talk to Lou Dort. Uh, yep. We'll see. Maybe I'll Maybe get to Baisley? talk to uh, yeah to, to Baisley. Uh, that's that's kind of a hope. Wait, tell him tell him who you're covering it for. Who are you credentialed with? 
That's yeah, so news. so yeah, with <laughs> Blue Wire has has worked on getting me credentialed uh, with the goal of starting off with the blue. Uh, and kind of working up the ladder just the same way that the G League works, right? You go to the G yep. League, you play good, you get up to the big league. Uh, it's it's kind of going to be the same process for us here at the Uncontested as well. Uh, start in the, at the blue, uh, work our way up, and eventually hopefully get access to Oklahoma City Thunder practices and games. So big moves kind of being made here. Uh, we're really excited about it. Uh, I know Absolutely. other podcasts, other local podcasts, other Thunder podcasts are already credentialed and they're in the arena and, and they're getting those exclusive uh, like access to the players and whatnot. And so we're on our way. We're, we're definitely not there yet, uh, but it's just something that I think we're all really excited for. Uh, any of us would be freaking awesome at this, and, and I fully believe that. Uh, just the only reason that it's me and not Justin or Taylor. Uh, Nick actually already has media credentials through writing for Forbes. Um, but the only reason it's me is just because I'm the one that lives closest to downtown Oklahoma City. And so it, I'm the one that it's most convenient to go to the games. Um, but Justin or Taylor would kill it as well. And uh, and I fully believe that. Uh, I'm Thank just you. The one but that's we're very be, excited that you're going to be the one. I mean, yeah. you're going to do an awesome Agreed. job. And you we're guys are probably excited. always going to be happy whenever I'm at the Cox Convention Center till midnight covering games and you guys are sound <laughs> yeah. asleep. And we're so. in bed. <laughs> that's exactly right. Uh, that's awesome. So, but I'm, I'm really excited. Uh, I couldn't be Should more be appreciative fun. of the Blue Wire Podcast Network for helping us out. I couldn't be more appreciative yes. of the Thunder PR team and the Oklahoma City Blue PR team for giving us this opportunity uh, and, and letting a couple of dudes who, who just podcast about uh, a sport and a team that they're passionate about uh, give us the chance to, to do that much, much better. And so we're really excited about it. Uh, so whenever the season starts, we'll, you'll probably hear... Uh, a little more Oklahoma City Blue talk on this podcast as we kind of evaluate some of those younger players who are coming up through the pipeline that may have a chance to make an impact on this Thunder team as they hit the rebuilding phase. And right, I was yep. going to say more so now during this era than like a year ago, for example. Yep. You know, it's the perfect right. time to be jumping in with the them. Blue. Also, uh, and you mentioned Nick. Uh, Jacob, but he's actually going to get to be at Media Day. So we will actually have somebody in the building for Media Day and, and for some of the games, and so that's really exciting for us as well. You know, obviously he's covering for, for fours, but, you know, hopefully he can do a little uncontested stuff while he's there as well. So we'll see. Yep. But we're really excited that he's going to get to be there and cover it, and we're just really thankful for these opportunities. You guys are awesome. Definitely. Definitely. Uh, hey, do you guys have anything left that, that we need to talk about about Sam Presti before we close this podcast out? I can't think of Unless anything. Unless you want to talk about his beard again. <laughs> what beard? I don't know anything about a beard. <laughs> no, uh, nope, we're done. That's it. <laughs> All right. Well, I'll pump some outro uh, music awesome. and, and, <laughs> and we'll jump out of here. Uh, so we really appreciate you guys for checking us out. Uh, if you have not already, make sure you subscribe to the podcast, wherever you listen to podcasts at. Uh, we're pretty much everywhere now. You can also find us at bluewirepods.com. Uh, check us out on Twitter as well, the underscore uncontested. Justin is at OKC Tracker, Taylor at Taylor underscore P15. Myself, I'm at ThunderMob405. Next Monday is our second to last season preview series. That pod will, will drop on Monday. And next Monday is also OKC Media Day. So you can expect a podcast from us pretty shortly after that uh, as we talk about what all the players, the coaches, everyone had to say. And then training camps here. And we will be getting into actual basketball talk because we will see this team on the court in about 10 days now. So that's really, Let's really exciting. Go. It's finally here. Um, 
So thank you guys so much again for checking us out. Uh, Check us out on Twitter. Subscribe to the podcast. And if you haven't already, drop a five-star rating on iTunes. It's really easy. It'll take you like 10 seconds. And that just bumps us up on these NBA podcast charts so people find us easier, so more people tune into the podcast, which means better things happen to us, which means more cool giveaways and stuff for you guys. So uh, if you could help the brand, we would appreciate it. You guys have a great weekend. Oklahoma City might actually be a little bit cooler this week, and we're finally getting into fall. October's almost here, guys. Uh, So have a good one, and as always, Fender Up. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in a new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series now streaming on Showtime.